0: This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and
1: ESPN 690com You talk about the adjustments that we're making as we're coming into practice. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna split the first three days. Uh, we're gonna go uh, basically split squad practice. Uh, this is something that I've done. Uh, I did the first couple of years at, uh, at Memphis. Uh, you know, it's really gonna have a big fundamental you know approach to what we're trying to do, we're making sure we're teaching that across the board. Uh, you know, there won't be a whole lot of team uh, or, or group work together, uh, but uh, making sure that we're, we're able to get individualized teaching. Obviously, that's the smaller groups uh, that's going to help us. You know, as as we kind of phase phase into uh, uh, to practice.
2: That is Mike Norvell, Florida State head coach, and uh, held a little chat with the media today in Tallahassee as Florida State gets things going. In fact, a lot of college campuses. Rocking and rolling now, uh, with football players as we have schedules that are out and that includes in the ACC. We're going to talk some Florida State in a moment. Just want to give you an update on the PGA championship. Tiger Woods, uh, few shots. Actually, did just, yeah, two under par. I thought maybe he birdied another, but, uh, two under par with two holes to go. Three shots behind Jason Day, your leader. Day's been playing well lately. Trying to deal with the back injuries, much like Tiger. See, Tiger did birdie. He's three under going to the eighth hole. So he's two shots off the pace now. Oh, that gets me fired up for this segment. Did just hit a bad shot on number eight, though. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, Martin Keimer, Xander Shoffley got the Scheffler and Shoffley duo at four under par. Zach Johnson, Brooks Koepko has won two PGA championships in a row. He's one shot back, four under playing his final hole. Justin Rose having a good first round. He's four under par as well. Tony Finau, my pick, is three under. I left one name out there. How about this story? Jacksonville's Bud Cawley just bogeyed his final hole, but he's four under par, one off the lead. He was in the lead with Jason Day. So a great story brewing with Bud Cawley from Jacksonville right there. Tiger Woods now top ten once again, three under par, two shots off the pace. If he can bring it home at three under... This will be a really good uh, first round for Tiger Woods, considering this is his fifth tournament of 2020.
0: Oh yeah, I forgot. You all right over there? Yeah, I try to turn my mic. I forgot I could turn my own mic off. <laughs> you're sitting there. You're like, <laughs> well, you're, you're like
2: throwing things at the window. i was trying to get who's attention. We've been doing this for 19 months, and you just yeah. figured out that you can hit the on button. I forgot. Yeah, I
0: forgot about that. My bad. Sorry, I I panicked. almost put I a panicked. hole in the window. I, it was it was some sanitary we, wipes. It wasn't a big deal. We can't afford a TV. Do you think we can re- afford to replace a window? Definitely not. But that's why I threw the <laughs> sanitary wipes. <laughs> did you see? I have the battery ready. I'm like, well, battery could be too oh, hard. Wow. But yeah. the sanitary wipe box will be all right. Good
2: thing, by the way, I have ESPN Plus so I can watch the PGA Championship. Nice plug. Because otherwise, we're the only radio show in the country. Nice plug. I see it the ESPN
0: Plus for. They can't watch TV. It's so not ESPN Plus. That's only like five bucks a month, right? Five bucks a month. And you have gulp at your fingertips? UFC. You'd be crazy not to get that.
2: <laughs>
0: I got you, Brent. I got you, man. Cut that check, ESPN If we Plus. only got
2: 10 cents per subscription, yeah. we'd be doing
0: okay. So you're watching right now on your cell phone or on the computer? Yeah, and I think coverage
2: just started, but I've been watching mostly on my cell phone oh. uh, all day. It's phenomenal. good to have
0: you present. It's good to have you here, Brent.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I uh, Got to pay attention. Got to give people updates. The scorecards are out.
0: Who did you pick again? Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, who hasn't probably gone out yet.
2: Yeah, he, might, he probably goes out a little later. Who's another
0: guy that looked like he lived in San Francisco? Yeah, I, was couldn't my even, whole... I didn't even know that guy. That'll hey, tell know, you. I'm going to go back to him real quick. I'm sure he's probably winning right now. Hang on one second. <laughs> I'm sure he's winning. Mark Hubbard, it was. Uh, that, that's what yeah. I picked, yeah.
2: is Mark Hubbard. And, and then he's winning? Uh, he hasn't teed off,
0: so yes, yeah. he isn't losing. Saving hey, save the best for last. I like it. Mark Harvard, that's right. Schedules, polls are out in college football. It's
2: going to get going mm-hmm. here soon enough. We have some opt-outs as well. Before we get into FSU a little bit, FSU at four here on your Knowles station in Jacksonville, here on Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690 coming up, we'll talk about that schedule.
0: Yep.
2: The... Opt out that we just saw at Miami with Russo, guy who had a bunch of sacks last year. Penn State, good player. Uh, we saw it with uh, the first potential first round pick uh, from Virginia Tech, the corner. Yeah, is this a good move by those guys? Yeah, to they they already think they're let's just say they're top forty guys.
0: Well, to be fair, I mean they all have first-round grades right now. Oh. Now, th- I mean that that can change during the season. Obviously, guys can shine; they can fall back a little bit. But right now, where it sits, I think they're all, they all have top, you know, first-round grades. They do, yeah. And So uh, I'll call them top forty guys. Okay, okay? Top forty. Is fine. That, that
2: leaks into the second round.
0: Sure. Is it a good move? <sighs> Listen, if your stock is where it's at right now, then yes, it is a good move. Because here, here's what I say about this. Do you you remember a guy by the name of George Selby? I do. George Selby. South Florida. Good call, man. Defensive end. Good call. Played for a long
2: time, actually. Played for the Cowboys uh, than even after he left Jacksonville. Yep. Anything else on him? I mean, pretty good. Good Good-looking athlete, man. Uh, He might have worn uh,
0: 91 before Ngakwe did. Nailing it, Brent. Good. Nicely done. Yeah, so George Selby. Do you remember where George Selby was drafted? What round? Oh.
2: I want to say, like, I think this is going to be one of these surprise picks where you are going to tell me he's undrafted. But I feel like he
0: was more like a mid, like a third round guy. Well, and keep in mind too, we actually drafted in the same class together.
2: Okay, so it wouldn't be the fifth. You guys were drafting the same class together. Correct. Well, that he wasn't part
0: of the draft. He was undrafted then. Seventh round pick. Oh, seventh. Went to St. Louis. Okay. Now, if you remember George Selvey, by by the way, great friend of mine. He's an awesome dude. If you remember George Selvey. Prior to 2010, in the 2009 season, as a junior, he was a first-round guy. He was slated to go in the first round, Brent. You know what happened? A man by the name of Jason Pierre-Paul transferred to the University of South Florida. Ah. A man by the name of Jason Pierre-Paul did 20-something backflips on a YouTube video. And people started to recognize who Jason Pierre-Paul was. All of a sudden, Jason Pierre-Paul was... Was the household name, and George Selby, who had a first-round grade, went out the door. Obviously, that season, Jason Pierre-Paul outplayed George Selby. Pierre-Paul had crazy numbers, and obviously, his size, his wingspan, his athleticism—he was the guy coming out of South Florida. And unfortunately, George Selby got pushed to the wayside. Now, testament to George Selby, who spent let's see, almost six years in the NFL, played on the Rams, Panthers, Jaguars, Buccaneers, Cowboys, and Giants. So. He had a pretty good tenure in the NFL, so don't take that from a skill set. But I'm just saying, one year, expected to go first round. Wanted to come back for a senior year because there's, he thought he had some unfinished business. He could polish his skills. Didn't foresee a guy by the name of Jason Pierre-Paul to come and kind of uptake his spot, obviously, and upstage him. Well, that's what happened. So this is why I'm sharing this story with you right now. If you have that first-round tender... And if if teams right now think, you know what, this guy's going to be a guaranteed first-round pick, if not maybe a, a high second-round pick, then I say go for it. Because your stock can only go so much further up. You know, unless you're talking about the, a top five, a top ten selection, okay. But if it's not going to be that, then I'm all for sitting out.
2: There are great stories about guys that can increase their stock in that year. I mean, Joe Burrow might be the greatest example of all. Yeah. But he had no choice. The ceiling was only – I mean, this guy was go- – the limit for them, mm-hmm. and, and there was only one way to go is really what I'm trying to say, and that is up. Mm-hmm. For these guys that there's only one way to go is really down Correct. other than five notches in the first round potentially, mm-hmm. or being in the top ten is a big deal. Well, that's a little different. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it sheds some light on that, and I don't think there's much of a risk by sitting out. hmm if you're, if you're considered to be a first-round guy.
0: Yeah. Now, listen, let's put the devil's advocate here, though. You know teams, whether it's going to be a, a combine or whatever's going on, teams going to be in that combine. Oh, so you quit on your team. So you quit on your team, huh? Listen, at the end of the day, like, listen, we had a couple edge rushers that dropped out. You know, now they're going to be hopefully first-round picks for them. But coaches, see, the, the whole you quit on your team thing, it's so overrated to me. Okay, the the whole like oh what you don't want to play you want to you know you left your teammates in the trenches that's so overrated because it comes down the most important question if you're defensive end. Can you get after the quarterback or not? Can you help us out? Okay, so I don't think the whole you quit on your team thing is really that big of a deal. I think once your talent can outweigh that, you're fine and good to go. And obviously these guys that have opted out in college football right now, their talent can pretty much outweigh anything.
2: You know, listen, I get it. Uh, If I'm on the team, I want to play. And I understand But this is a unique situation this year. And we have now basically said it's okay to skip bowl games. We understand the business side of it. We get it. That makes some sense. Well, I would think this belongs right in that category, mm-hmm. that this makes sense this year. If you're not comfortable with it, you're not all in, you're already a first-round pick, you already think your stock is good, well, why risk it? Uh It's a wacky season anyway. You don't even know if you're going to get through it. So – um, I think it's worth the consideration. Now, to his credit, Florida State's Marvin Wilson said, hey, I haven't even considered that. I'm playing. I put in all the work. These guys put in all the work. I feel like I'm letting my teammates down. He's actually a little critical of guys doing that. Mm-hmm. And give him a lot of credit because if you think about Marvin Wilson, he could easily be a guy that says, oh, why am I doing this? He came back. Mm-hmm. He, he stands up for social issues. He's been very vocal on that front in Tallahassee. He also had, obviously, that communication with Mike Norvell the new head coach and that back and forth he could easily say well I'm not I'm not doing this and he's like forget about it man I'm all in I want this I want to play uh I'm a top 10 pick already doesn't matter mm-hmm. You like that mentality, but that's really good for Florida State, really good for Mike Norvell to have a guy that locked in that doesn't need to be, quite frankly.
0: Yeah, Well, and that goes to show you that that Florida State brand, right? Like he wants to put on for the university. He doesn't have to, but he he is going to, and he's going to be like that transition guy for when that new regime comes in, obviously, and those new recruits come in. He's the guy. He's going to be the staple. Let me ask you this question real quick, though. Probably the most important question of college football right now. Why doesn't Trevor Lawrence... Sit out. Because let's be honest right now. He's going to be number one. I don't care how good J.K. Fields does this year. I don't care if Trey Lance throws 100 touchdowns in the FCS schools. Trevor Lawrence is going to be number one. Guaranteed. So if you're Trevor Lawrence, why aren't you sitting out?
2: I tell you, man. Because you you love the game. You build your legacy. And you just feel like you owe it. You know, it depends how much business comes into play, and and how much loyalty you have. And I'm not saying either one's right or wrong. Hmm. I just feel like I've got these. The university say is putting a lot into me. They they gave me this opportunity. I feel like I owe it to Dabo. I owe it to my teammates. I owe it to them at least to come back and play they're leaning on me they believe me that's a that's a tall order you know yeah they're the number one football team in the college poll sure and a the reason they are is because of trevor lawrence what that's I was, a yeah. lot on your shoulders to turn away and turn down it's almost like he's so big that he can't turn it down
0: you know what i mean if you were trevor lawrence would you come back i'd come back but yeah.
2: i'd come back if i was all of them probably but okay. it might be stupid sure Like, I'm not saying I'd be the smartest thing Mm -hmm. by coming back. I just feel like, you know what? I mean, let things work out how they work out. I'm not going to try to beat the system and and do this. I not feel strongly enough about it. I'm going to go through this. I want another year of college, man. I want to play college ball. And, you know. If this was a normal year, I could easily just go out there and get hurt as well, and that could hurt my draft stock. Uh, I'm going to treat it like it's a normal year, even though it is abnormal, and I'm going to go play. But that would be me. I respect these guys' opinions and decisions, and I also think they might be smarter than me if they elected not to. Trevor Lawrence has so much to lose, potentially, Mm -hmm. via injury, poor play, whatever. I know it's unlikely. Mm-hmm. He still looks like a surefire thing, and and he's going to make a ton of money anyway, regardless of what happens and to plus him. Plus,
0: he has a, tons of talent all around. They could go so. six and
2: six, and he's probably still going to be a top five pick. Oh, without a doubt. But he has way more to lose than gain. Oh, without that, a, yeah. that's there's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. And if you were playing the stock market and you had way
0: more to lose than gain, you I'm wouldn't play it. it for sure, for sure. At the end of the day, I think a couple things are terrible Lawrence. Maybe the Heisman's on his mind, number one. But I think more importantly, I think that if the Clemson Tigers would have beat LSU last year in the national championship, then we're talking, all right, you know what, what more do you have to accomplish? Now, maybe the Heisman once again, but I think if you win a national championship, again, you know, against a very high-powered LSU team, you've done all you needed to do. And I could see him sitting out then. But I just think the way the last game of his season went, and I always say it, Brent, you're always remembered for your last game. The way the last game of his career so far has gone wasn't up to his liking, wasn't up to his standard. So I think with there, you have some unfinished business, obviously. You're surrounded by a great culture, um, a great team, a lot of skilled players. So you got to come back and make it right.
2: Yeah, and uh, that's what he's doing, and um, again, I think he's almost like on this different echelon where it's really hard not to come back, yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, I mean, doesn't that make sense the way I just put it? When you have that much to lose and not so much to gain, if you're playing in the stock market or you're playing with your money, like you, not talent, you, we don't have that kind of talent to play that and be in that position, but maybe you have $100 or $1,000 or $10,000 and if you, if I put it in that context, yeah, which is really the context Lawrence, whether he wants to admit it or not, is playing with. Mm-hmm. Oof, man, you'd certainly think about it. Risking it for the biscuit, man. Sometimes you, you got to do it, it, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's a it's it's a fascinating conversation, and that's why I think Marvin Wilson, what I bring up here, for him to come back, in general, was a big move. For him to not opt out and to be all in the way he is, to get Mike Norvell's program started and to be uh, one of the important players on that side of the football to do that and kind of help make this transition, that's big. I I would not be surprised. Let's see how the season plays out for Florida State. But if this works out for Mike Norvell and Florida State turns the corner and gets back to where they should be Mm -hmm. and want to be, Guy like Marvin Wilson, keep in mind they will revert back and talk about his decision making, his ability to be all in in a season like this mm-hmm. as part of that turnaround.
0: Well, no, without a doubt, Brent. When we talk about college football, and you want to talk about the success of a college football program, obviously you got to have the coaching, you have to have the culture, but another big proponent of college football being successful, legacy. Okay. The tradition. It's the guys coming back, standing on the sidelines, supporting the guys that are in school now. It's the guys that are, you know, just giving you a like on Twitter if you say something like. It's a family and it's an extended family. Let's keep in mind how the whole Marvin Wilson thing kind of went down a little bit. Remember when Mike Norvell came in? They got off to a bad start, yep. right? And then Marvin Wilson was kind of the. Uh, he was kind of the, the the mastermind behind getting that meeting together and everything, talking to, the, you know, sharing some of his um, concerns and all that stuff, right? Well, if anybody wanted to sit out and nobody would bat an eye, it would be Marvin Wilson He'd be like, you know what? This new coach came in. I didn't agree with how he, he started the things off, we got off on the wrong foot a little bit. I'm out. I'm chucking the deuces. See you later. But he didn't. He, he chose to stay. He chose to stay to see this whole thing through and... As a man, I respect that. As uh, a college football player, I respect that because you can tell that deep down he cares about not only his teammates, obviously, but the Florida State brand. And when you do that, man, that those little things right there, while they may not be, they seem like really big things right now. If you can build off those little things, and more guys start to show that mentality of that Florida State brand that's how you build yourselves back up to get into a national t- championship contention right there.
2: Absolutely. I think it will be a big part of this, uh, what, uh, I mean, however it goes, but especially if it turns around in a good, good way. And, uh, you know, he's a heck of a football player, too. Uh, they have still a lot of, a good amount of talent over there mm-hmm. uh, in Tallahassee. Speaking of, the schedule came out for the ACC. Some folks have found non-conference. UCS going up to Georgia Tech, man. We tried to get that Florida State UCF yeah, thing working. Yeah, uh, you, it didn't, you had it going. It didn't I wish transpire. It uh, so here's the schedule uh, in September they're going to start on September 12th by the way so that's a week after the Big Ten it's a couple weeks before the SEC Georgia Tech to begin things Samford at home is their non-conference so yeah. that should be a W uh, oh,
0: easy, easy now to talk about my, my coach Chris Hatcher there. he's a coach at Murray State <laughs> he's, a, he's an offensive coach at Murray State now he's at Samford man watch out for the Hatch attack watch out for the Hatch attack at Miami uh, the
2: third game in yeah. and Rousseau the number one draft uh, defensive end sure uh, prospect not going to play for Miami, uh, that's big story right there, and obviously weakens uh, the Hurricanes. That one is in South Florida. Then the big one, Notre yeah. Dame, that's the added game in October. There's a bye week in between. Both teams, actually, Notre Dame and Florida State, have a bye week before that game. There's a couple of bye weeks built into this season. Uh, for the ACC. North Carolina is an added game, and that could be an interesting one now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mac Brown's team uh, looks pretty good. Louisville away, uh, Pittsburgh at home in November following a bye, NC State away, and then another big one, Clemson in Tallahassee, and they'll end uh, with Virginia at home and Duke on the road on December 5th, and uh, we'll see how it shakes out. Remember, one big division in the ACC. Mm-hmm and uh winning percentage they're doing it that way with the top two teams that means that not and that's just conference winning percentage so non-conference essentially doesn't matter for playing for the ACC championship and Uh, I think they're doing it that way to just in case some teams can't play a game, maybe because of COVID-19. Say someone only ends up with eight or nine conference games and others have ten, they're going to do it by winning percentage only. Top two teams will play in the ACC championship.
0: So two things on the schedule that I see right off the bat. You open up against Georgia Tech at Florida State. Obviously, the crowd's going to be very minimal. Um, you won't have a home field advantage, but you're still playing at home. You know, you can still kind of sleep in your bed for the whole week and then get ready to go. So with that being said, I like the fact that you have Georgia Tech and Samford back-to-back where that could easily be two wins right there, right? So you're off to the right foot because the whole new thing with a whole new regime, a whole new rebuild, and a whole new culture is you want to get started on the right foot. You want to buy into it, and guess what? By my calculations right now, it looks like you could go 2-0. So that's huge. Mother takeaway from the schedule, Clemson. 11-21-2020, okay? November 21st, late, late in the season, you're playing Clemson at Florida State. Obviously, Clemson probably going to be a heavily favored team. I understand that. But what I like from this perspective is Clemson right now in the ACC, that's who you're trying to aspire to be. That's what you're trying to be right now. Yeah, that's what the program that you're trying to build. And obviously, with an offensive-minded coach, you know, that, 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 running gun-slash-pro-style offense like it's getting brought to the table now. It's going to be a great test, and it's already going to be ingrained in these guys late in the season. I can't wait to watch to see how Florida State can hold up to a great Clemson defense.
2: It'll be also uh, worth telling everybody, if you haven't seen this already, and this came out this morning, but attendance for Florida State's 2020 home games, limited in the Stadium Bowl, FSU will adhere to CDC social distancing guidelines, which will limit capacity somewhere between 20 and 25%. So that is uh, the news out of Tallahassee. No surprise there. 20-25%. Some saying no fans. Penn State said no fans. Yeah. Others will follow suit. There's going to be a mix and match, much like there is in the NFL, when it comes to uh, how many fans will be allowed in. So some news uh, out of the ACC for sure. you got to love the ACC, uh, I think, schedule from a, a fan standpoint if you're Florida State. I think you got to love it. From a fan standpoint, if you're a casual fan and not necessarily like an ACC fan, Notre Dame going into the conference for this year really makes things interesting. Uh, and I think all the whole one conference thing makes it interesting. Sure, uh, just kind of it's like playing for the pennant. It used to be in, in Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. everybody has the chance, and, and just those uh, top two teams are going to uh, play for the ACC championship. So a lot of interesting things going on in college football. Big Ten coming out with their schedule, and uh, now the ACC coming out with their schedule uh, as well. Did you see that? uh, One more college football note, at least for now. Apparently there's a report that Jim Harbaugh and Ryan Day got into it. What? Uh, The Ohio State coach and obviously Harbaugh, the Michigan coach. Of course, yeah. And it was during a conference call of Big Ten coaches. Harbaugh (laughs) reportedly interrupted Ryan Day and accused the Buckeyes of breaking rules regarding on-field instruction.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: Do we have some audio of this? Because I'd love to hear it. This is according to, <laughs> it's a great website, BuckNuts.com. <laughs> That's the Ohio State, uh, I'm assuming. <laughs> hey, I hope so, or else what are you on right now? Uh, how about I worry about my team and you worry about yours, Day said to Harbaugh. I li- <laughs> During an Ohio State team meeting later Monday. Day reportedly told his players that the Wolverines better hope for a mercy rule this season because his team was going to hang one hundred on him. Brent, this
0: is this is classic fight matchmaking right now. This is promotion one oh one. This is Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz. This is listen, all of a sudden now, keep pumping this up. Big Ten back on the map. SEC Who? We got two coaches going at it. I like it, man.
2: You know what's interesting is Day is not much of a character. No, like if this was if this was Urban. In Harbaugh. I mean, wow. Yeah. Right? That, that we're talking pay-per-view numbers, yeah. It's but, crazy, though. But the fact that Harbaugh's in it is enough. And it's Ohio State-Michigan. Yeah. And about for the first time since, I think, 42, they're not playing at the end of the year. They're playing in, in the middle of October instead. Mm-hmm. And Ohio State's just,
0: they have mercy ruled Michigan. Molly-wopped. molly Walker yep. molly Curb them. stomped. Run ruled them. Yep. Mercy ruled them. Pick your, uh, pick your term.
2: And and I've been I'm, I'm actually kind of a fan of Harbaugh in a sense, because he especially especially when he first got to mission because he was even ruffling feathers down here in the SEC yeah. and kind of challenging the old kind of good old boy network of college football and all that stuff. Like, I kind of liked it. Yeah. But he, the problem with Harbaugh is like he's got to beat Ohio State. He's got to get he's got to win big. He's been on the verge a
0: couple of times, but he's got to beat him. You yeah. can't keep yapping without winning. So, <laughs> you're not you're not lying, Brent. Um, so Harbaugh, I'm, I'm still confused. So, so what did he accuse him of? Like they just didn't follow the right protocols. Supposedly, it
2: was uh, let's see, on it was uh accused the Buckeyes of breaking rules regarding on-field instruction. Said Harbaugh asked Day about a photo that purportedly showed Buckeyes assistant Al Washington working with Ohio State linebackers. NCAA rules don't permit on-field instruction until uh, Friday.
0: Okay.
2: Are you telling me a college football team might have bet the rules? Really? Better than the rules to
0: their favor? <laughs> Seriously, Jim Harbaugh, I'm, listen, man, I, I'm a Harbaugh fan like you are, Brent. I think he's great for the game of football. But let's be honest right now. This just, it reeks of desperation, okay? Because, listen, I don't think so far in his career, in his college coaching career at Michigan, that it's gone the way Jim Harwell kind of pictured. And and I'm going all the way back to day one. Like, remember, he's rocking these glasses, you know, they're like these modern-era glasses, and he's the khakis. (laughs) Do do you know what I think for Jim Harwell? And I'm not even lying here. This is where my mind's going. I think, like, Harbaugh kind of chose to wear that kind of stuff because he envisioned himself one day, he'd be, like, the next Bear Bryant. You know how how Bear Bryant had, like, the, the, the yeah, hat, yeah. Uh, the, the houndstooth, right? You yeah. call it the houndstooth hat? I think Harbaugh kind of envisioned, like, he's going to go to Michigan right away, turn everything around, win national championships, beat the crap out of Ohio State, and, like, that image and that look of those glasses and, like, the you know the, the, the pen around his neck or the, the Sharpie around his neck and those khakis, like... People were going to associate that to Harbaugh like they did with Bear Bryant back there with that houndstooth hat. The problem is Ohio State's had your number since day one, and now you're getting so desperate, we were accusing you know Ohio State of having a little a couple extra meetings. Let's just say. How
2: about that? Uh, he said on the Zoom call with reporters, "Day said I appreciate the question, but I'd rather not answer that right now," which means he did not deny it. Yeah. And uh, just some numbers on Harbaugh against Ohio State. He's zero five against the Buckeyes. And the Buckeyes have now won a school record eight straight in 15 of the last 16 in the series. You know, when it's I was going to school anymore. in Ohio, John Cooper was the coach at Ohio State, mm-hmm. and he couldn't beat Michigan. Yeah. And he got fired because he couldn't beat Michigan. His winning record his record was unbelievable. His winning percentage, all the stuff that he had done, yeah. couldn't beat him. And so they fired him. They brought Trestle in, and Tressel ended up getting the job the done. And obviously Tressel got in some trouble. Yeah. And now, urban and and so Ohio State's been back, and Michigan's kind of been a mess. And Harbaugh's done a lot of good things at Michigan, but it ain't mm, good enough until you no. start beating Ohio
0: State. Yeah, do you? I mean, this has got to be the last year, right, for Harbaugh. I mean, are you surprised? So no, because Let's I be think he's under I forget the contract, but it's an enormous oh, contract. We're, oh, we're talking contracts on college <laughs> football. That's so cute of you talking yeah. contracts in college football. Like buyouts don't happen every and single year. Yeah, like money matters yeah, in college football. Well, like, 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 after like the pandemic, it it thing. Like boosters just <laughs> never existed all of a sudden. Hey, uh, Tiger Woods just
2: finished his round. He's two under par. Dropped a shot on the eighth hole, part the uh, ninth, which you start on the back nine. He beats his group, you know. Beat Justin Thomas. Thomas finished one over. Yeah. Rory McIlroy's got about a five-foot foot for par to go even. He's three shots off the lead. The lead is Jason Day at five under. Fantastic first round for Tiger Woods. All aboard the Tommy Fleetwood Express. Getting ready to tee off here pretty soon, hopefully. Rory finished even, by the way. So, uh, Tiger Woods, I'll take it, baby. Good first round in the first major of the year. Go get you some.
0: What color shirt was you rocking today?
2: In a, a blue sweater. It's sweater weather out in San Francisco. Really? Now. Oh yeah. Okay. I played Harding Park less than a year ago, December. Yeah. You should see the rough a out blue there. Blue sweater,
0: man. sleeves rolled up or not?
2: I'd probably play Harding Park a little bit better because <laughs>
0: I feel a little stronger <laughs> flexing, these you, days. Flexing, hey Kingsbury, relax with the flexing <laughs> right now.
2: I forgot to mention Kingsbury. We'll do that oh, we when did. we come back. Yeah. And more to come. We'll get back into some football talk on the NFL side right after this on ESPN Six Nine.
1: You know, you do things like the split squad, you know, because we went to 90, but I've actually found for ourselves um, been really beneficial for us because we've been getting, you know, a lot of reps with the young guys, you know, and, and, and really that's what you're looking to do because normally what happens is you have the rookie minicamp and you get a lot of reps and then when the rookies get, you know, put back into with your foot, whole football team, you know, then a mat, then a then their exposure gets reduced so much.
2: That is Doug Marone, head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Thinks things are going pretty well. So, at least that's good. Mm-hmm. Jags have three opt-outs, and that includes Rashawn Melvin today. The NFL opt-out deadline is over. Tredavious White going to play. What was that all about? I don't know, man. Why uh, all the, the back and forth on social media yeah. if he opted in?
0: Hey. That attention on social media, it's a hell of a thing, huh, Brent? I'm telling you, man. Those cryptic Like, you don't responses. like when I say it. But what these guys, they love the attention. Oh,
2: no, I mean. It's like you're a a—you're an NFL player. You're an elite player. Yeah. You're one of the best in the NFL, and
0: it's still not good enough. They still need attention. No, listen. Yeah, I don't like when you say that. It drives me crazy. Yeah. It drives me up a wall. I'm going to fight kids right true. now. Hey, be careful. Be careful is all I'm going to tell you. Be careful. But. You're a spar. The reason why I'm so upset when you say that, though, is because you're right, and. I just, I've never been cut from that type of cloth, right? I've, ne- I've never come from that school of theory where you have to be on social media. You have to stir up the pot a little bit, get people talking about you by just being, you know, cryptic. I just, I've never believed in that. I get people, give you the attention, so be it, and that's fine, do you. I just don't come from that school.
2: Yeah, uh, it's interesting. Um, but he's going to play. So I guess it's good for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, obviously good for the Buffalo Bills. And the opt out, uh, I thought we'd get like, didn't you kind of feel as we got closer to the goal, uh, goal line – the deadline? Yeah. Uh, getting close to the goal line wouldn't be a bad idea either, especially here in Jacksonville, if they could relative, punch it
0: It's all relative, yeah, yeah. But
2: to the to the deadline, I thought we might see a marquee name or something yeah. that surprised us. And unless it's just, you know, uh, sprinkling in here later in the day, yeah. it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. I mean, he would have been the, one of the bigger names. Oh, for uh, we sure. We already mentioned Hightower. Uh, we mentioned Latulaleh. Uh, White would have been one of the bigger names And it's not happening yep. So we didn't get that real surprise Again, C.J. Mosley's probably the biggest name in my opinion In terms of big time's contract for the yep. Jets And that hurts
0: them since they lost Jamal Adams We got great news up for Jaguars fans out there too So Vic Beasley hasn't reported yet For yeah. the, the, the check-ins thing like that But hasn't opted out though either So he's just MIA right now That's weird Which I mean, you you'll be, Let's be honest, I hope he's okay And everything's fine with him mentally But they really haven't like been but in contact no with him or anything they don't know what's going on with him. Odd
2: situation. Very odd situation in With Tennessee. Vic Beasley. And now you well, kind of wonder why
0: uh, Atlanta will let him walk? Oh, I was going to say, because a very talented guy, right? We talked about it. Very talented guy, productive guy. Um, I think I might have said I want to see him in Jacksonville, just, you know, for some depth purposes. Came at a very inexpensive price to Tennessee to grab him. And now maybe we know why.
2: Interesting. Uh, the Tredavious White back and forth is fascinating to me, but he is going to play. Um, and and maybe social media convinced him to play. Who knows?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure the Bills Mafia walked him back with open graces after they probably went off on him for saying you're not you're not going to not play this <laughs> That's year. That's a good. Play. Are you me? <laughs> probably this, this is, the- is the year. They probably started burning his jerseys. Oh yeah, I'm sure they put the jersey through that table. <laughs> they jumped on top of the table. Like yeah, you know they're doing. Bills Mafia gets down, man. All
2: it's right, tell you, uh, we're gonna go to the line right now on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. This young man has joined us in the past, and that was after he won a division two national championship with west florida it's former saint augustine high school quarterback austin reed and he joins us once again on the show because there's some good news and bad news austin hope you and your family are doing well the good news is you guys are going to be division two national champs for another year the bad news is you don't really get a chance to defend it
1: yes sir yeah you know it's 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 pretty unfortunate how the whole situation has gone down and you know it's for the best, and it's what the what the people higher up in the NCAA thought was the best decision to make, and so it's unfortunate but you know for now that's the that's the situation we're living in we've got to deal with it how we deal with it
2: yeah what do you guys know how did how much did you know in this process were you just waiting like the rest of us to see how would division two and three and even now division one handle covid19 handle the fall championships and and how much of this came as a surprise or not when they decided yesterday that division two and division three will not have fall championships
1: yes sir yeah you know it just felt like for the last month or two it's just been a A series of band-aids being put over a wound and it just felt like they were keep trying to push it back and push it back and you know um, about two or three weeks ago we were given the information that we were going to play a conference only schedule and then we were going to have playoffs and that was that was when we felt like we were probably getting closest to being canceled and then yesterday out of nowhere the NCAA um, dropped the news that we weren't going to be having a sponsor championship playoff system this fall and so it was pretty much established with our conference, the Gulf South Conference, that if there's no conference, uh, if there's no playoff system, that we really weren't going to play in conference. So it's just looking like right now we'll probably be having that year of sitting out until 2021.
2: Okay, so uh, did I just understand you correctly? You thought you'd be doing conference if there was championships, but now there won't be championships? You think you're just not going to have a season?
1: Yes, sir. So, yeah, the uh, we were going to play conference only and then play a playoff system. But after the division two said that they aren't going to sponsor a playoff or a championship, our conference pretty much established that if the NCAA made that decision that we would probably cancel a conference only schedule. I mean, we only have eight teams in the Gulf South conference after Florida tech discontinued football. And so just playing seven games and having that be a year of eligibility burn just doesn't seem like the right move to make. And I think, I mean, I'm behind them on that decision. I really don't agree with playing seven games and losing a whole year as much as I I love football and I'll go out there and play anytime somebody tells me to. I I agree with the decision by our conference as much as I agree with or disagree with the decision by the NCAA. I support the conference's decision on not playing if there is no playoff.
0: Austin. So, in, in terms of you know, obviously your teammates who are upperclassmen now, who are, who are going to be those seniors. Let, let's say that they don't play this year. I mean, obviously they have the the opportunity, I'm sure, to come back for for their, their senior season. I mean, have you talked to some of your teammates right now? Is the is the idea to come back and finish up their college football careers, or are they kind of just like listen? We kind of got the bad end of the stick here, and we're we're done, and we're going to try to graduate, and that's it.
1: Yes, sir. You know, it's just it's a really weird situation because as y'all probably know, with Division One. The minute you step on campus, you have a five year clock that starts and um, with Division two, that system's a little different. They have a ten for four system where they they give you ten semesters to compete in four seasons. and so a lot of our guys were about to compete in their fourth season and spend their tenth tenth se- semester of college and so. A lot of our guys have, are about to finish master's degree, really don't have any more schooling that they can possibly do. And so for them, it's, it's weighing the options. You know, I've talked to one of our receivers. He's He turned 24 last week. He has a, a son who's five years old. And so for him, it's, it's wondering, do I sit out a whole other year and come back and prolong my life 18 more months to do this thing or not? And, you know, it's just, it's, it's really a crappy situation, you know, with everything going down, it's just – it's really one of those things where every individual is going to have to make the decision that's best for them.
0: Yeah, obviously, I'm I, you know, playing college football myself. I can't imagine having to make that decision, obviously, opting out possibly of your senior year of college football. I guess I mean, Austin, is, is the silver lining here a little bit, the fact that you guys went out on top? right? Like you guys kind of set out what you needed to accomplish. You won a national championship. You went on as winners. So do you think that kind of makes the decision maybe a little easier to some of your teammates out there that are deciding to come back or not?
1: Yes, sir. Yeah, I think when it comes to the seniors, it's definitely, it definitely helps them with that decision. You know, like if one of those kids says, I, I, I waited another year, um, I won a national championship. Maybe I should just go out like that. You know, I think for the seniors, it could definitely help them, you know, for a lot of us underclassmen, it kind of sucks because you kind got to get that, that taste in your mouth. You know, I know you guys probably watched the last dance, and one of the things I remember that Michael Jordan said is about how much he was upset that he felt like the year after, what was it, 98, they felt like they could have won seventh, the seventh True. one. Yeah. So for me, that's kind of the feeling I'm feeling right now is as much as I'm happy we won it last year, I think I'm always going to sit there and be like, God, what could we have done in 2020? And, you know, hopefully – 2021, we come back and we do it again. But, you know, it's always going to be that taste that in your mouth where you're going to be like, we never really got to live that, like, you know, exact going for back-to-backs, going to be defending national champions, you know. So, I mean, that'll always suck. But, I mean, it's, like I said, it's the situation that we're in right now, you know, D2, D3 drop. You know, I've talked to a couple of my buddies at SIU, and they're saying the FCS is starting to look unlikely more and more each day. And so, I mean, it might it's looking like it's one of those things where, it might just be a power five type season that gets to play and you know that's just the situation we got to live in and you know just just got to realize that's what it is you know complain about it ain't gonna do nothing about it and you just gotta deal with
2: it yeah different kind of dollars uh in the uh, power five and that could be For kind sure. of a motivator uh no doubt about it. it's a little different in division two and division three and even outside the power five austin reed quarterback from st augustine high school he uh Quarterback the West Florida Argonauts to a national championship in Division Two last year, and now Division Two says no championships, so no uh, right to defend for the Argonauts. In fact, Austin just letting us know that the conference is not going to play, so really no season for them. Boy, you, you guys, it, did, you guys have a bunch of Jacksonville guys over there too. I think there's a dozen I've counted on the of roster. Course. Is that recent? Uh,
1: is, is that? Did you follow them, or they follow you, or did they all get over <laughs> there at the same time? You know, it was really like the fact that um, the recruiting coordinator was really big on recruiting the Jacksonville area. And, you know, our coaching staff is really, really um, – they're really big on keeping that relationship with you even as you decide you don't want to go to UWF. So they've had – UWF was one of those schools that talked to me really early in the recruiting process. And then once I kind of blew up and started receiving Division one offers, they were just like, hey, we're happy for you. Just let us know if you ever need us in the future. And so I think they build that connection with guys so that – I mean, another one of the kids from Jacksonville, uh, Kenneth Chanel, graduated from Rebalt in 2018, went to North Dakota State, and after a year transferred back in. And I think that's what UWF's coaching staff is really good at. You know, they just they keep that good connection with those guys, keep a good relationship. And so, obviously, when guys like us go up north, and it's, it's really not what we thought it was going to be, and it's a little different from back home that's a really good program to go play at back closer to home and you know having all those jacksonville guys there already is really nice to just be around guys who know what it's like to be in your situation
2: yeah, absolutely i didn't realize this or i forgot, and it's more likely that i forgot uh, that amari Debose is over there now too went to navy first and now yes, florida, west florida uh and obviously his dad's a coach at uh, west side all right i won't keep you any longer uh after this one so what now man without a football season do you do school still and just work out, and you keep that year of eligibility? Uh, you're a redshirt sophomore. How does this work from a honing your skills, staying sharp, and also academic and athletic standpoint for you?
1: Yes, sir. So, you know, it's just um, it's one of those things where we haven't really gotten the, the clearance from our conference or the NCAA on what we're going to be allowed to do. You know, are we going to be allowed – to do like a, a fall where like we can enter squad scrimmage we can practice a little bit are we going to be allowed to even do a fall where possibly we can we can drive three hours to Valdosta state and have a joint practice with them you know that's been an idea that's been kind of thrown around you know nobody wants to get nobody wants to lose like that sharpness that we had during the season you know and so it's really up to really what the ncaa is going to give us in terms of guidelines and procedures that we can follow and what we're allowed to do and so I mean, for me, it's just finishing up schoolwork. You know, I graduate with a bachelor's in the spring, which will be weird being a graduate <laughs> and still having three years of eligibility. So that'll definitely be a little strange, but you know, just get a master's, see what happens from there. You know, but yeah, just trying to trying to get as much done as I can through this whole thing because you got to realize life's going to keep going on. You know, the world's not going to stop. You got to keep doing as much as you can during this. Just sitting on your butt's not going to do anything. So. Just seeing what the NCAA is going to allow us to do, and just going from there.
2: Uh, well, good That's luck awesome, to you, man, man.
0: Uh, and uh, get that diploma. That's the big thing, of course. Oh, and listen, Austin, I always dread talking to you, man, because you actually beat Minnesota State. Where I know a couple of coaches at Minnesota State, the Mavericks, over there, Mankato. So I'm always bitter yes, talking sir. to you, man. But then when I when I hear your joy, um, when I hear your just your mindset, your personality, man, it, it makes it all okay. So best of luck to you in the future. Obviously, just control what you can control right now, and it all
1: work out for the best. Yes, sir. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Austin Reed, uh, best to you
2: and your family. And by the way, one of 11 straight quarterbacks, I think it is, down at St. Augustine High School to play college ball. How about that stat?
1: Yes, sir. The A.U.G., best high school in North
2: Florida. Uh, you <laughs> bet you, man. Thanks for jumping in on Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690. We'll be in touch. That's Austin Reed, Division two National Champ from the West Florida Argonauts, but won't be playing football this year uh division 2 no fall championships division 3 no fall championships and uh well, the cancellations of seasons uh, continue. He's a good one, though. Might even yeah. have a chance to play at the next level. Yeah, uh, I know people don't say that about Division two quarterbacks. Talented kid. He has a great attitude, too, man. I'm telling you. Talented kid, only getting better and better. Great fit out there in West Florida for Austin Reed. And yeah. hey, we'll be back. Five o'clock hours still to come. Some cool stories in sports I want to share, plus a lot more football talk. And we'll update you on Tiger Woods and the PGA Championship here on ESPN 690.